The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. I'm joined, uh, like normal, on Fridays by my buddy, Rich Reeb. Uh, Rich Rebar. I, 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 com- I combined Lord Reeves and Rich Rebar there. Uh, from sharpfootball.com. You know, and I am, I got to be honest, I'm moving kind of slow this morning uh, just because, you know, I was just taking body blows last night. Uh, I, I will say, LaVisca Chanel not beating the over on 33 and a half receiving yards, I think that's the worst it's the worst beat of my life, I think, Rich. Well, not him not getting the 33 and a half, but him getting the 33. Like, it's yeah, just, exactly. It's, <laughs> so it's a double down. If you had had 18 yards, you'd have been, you'd have took some body blows and felt bad, but him just not even getting to the prop. Cause he could have had 34 yards and had a bad fantasy game. And you'd be like, ah, oh, man, he just didn't yeah. pop. And you would have hit your bet. You would hit the bet. And so I, I, I like would have come. I mean, I lost, I got taken to the woodshed last night, obviously, but things would have been close to better. Uh, had he got, you know, just 34 receiving yards or if they, you know, reclassify the, the carry he had as a reception. But we move. So what Rich and I do every week on this show, we go through our five favorite bets, kind of following the super contest formula where we pick uh, five bets against the spread. And I, I got to say, just heading into it, I don't feel like mega confident in this week. Like, I don't think there's any like you know, Baltimore minus seven last week style, you know, you know, gold, gold, five-star lock of the week or anything like that. I think that, um, you know, through two weeks, one of the things we've seen is no one including handicappers uh, books. No one really knows what to do with home field advantage quite yet. Like it just, it's sort of just like a, a black box. And then obviously we've gotten Jekyll and Hyde performances from a lot of teams. So you have two data sets and they don't seem to make, a ton of sense together so I think that is uh that is part of it what's your overall feeling this week yeah it's an you know an interesting start to the first two weeks scoring is up penalties are down uh you know until last night I mean that game had a lot of penalties last night way too many uh to kind of get through it was kind of kind of really sloppy that was that was one of the first games that felt like out of the we've had a lot of games that felt like really really sloppy and that one last night did uh, yeah that, that felt like Thursday night football <laughs> yeah that one that one was and you know Fitzpatrick looked good uh I was the donkey actually had the under and got back back into that is it looked dead it, like 20 minutes in that game but uh yeah it's just, so penalties have been down and I don't know if that's like a just a factor of the you know them not ha- the refs not having a preseason either and just kind of being loose uh I mean, holding calls are way down false starts are way down um and then, like I said, that, that's inversely or impacted scoring being up. So, yeah, I'm not really sure. We've seen a lot of big lines, you know, and it's like that again this week. I mean, we don't have a lot of games again 
that are, you know, three points and under. Last week we only had two, and this week we are sitting at, right now, not counting last night, we're sitting at two. <laughs> so, again, you know, we're not getting these tight lines, you know, short home favorites, things, typically things we would look for, you know what I mean? Like right, exactly. Look for. I'm looking for short home dogs or something like that, and we're not getting those spots. I mean, we've got what, yeah, Atlanta is giving three to the Bears, uh, and New Orleans is giving three to the Packers, and then we've got this Chiefs game that's right in the outside that I'm sure we're going to have takes on as well. But other than that, it's all, you know, four points higher. Oh, I'm sorry, the Rams and Buffalo is uh, two and a half. Um, which is an intriguing game. I'm not going to touch it, but it's very intriguing. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 my sense there is to take the Bills, but I've seen enough. So, like, one of my big theories coming into the year was, like, Goff and McVay are actually not that bad. Like, McVay, I think, long-term, mm-hmm. uh, he does some really donkey things, but is, like, a good play caller and good play designer. And Goff, inside that structure, is successful. So, like, I, I'm not a spot where I'm, like, Insta betting the insta betting the Rams here, especially because you know Josh Allen has been you know an MVP level guy for two weeks, but like I also remember that fumble, right? Like I remember the I remember the lateral, <laughs> so I just you know I'm not rushing to get it all in on uh, on Josh Allen either. So what is your number five game? So my number five game is, I mean, it's it's one I'm gonna keep going to the wall. I'm gonna have a, a couple weird picks coming up, but uh, I'm gonna take the Cowboys um, with the five. I just feel like it's too big of a number, um, and they haven't played well. And Mike Nolan is a problem. Like for all the things that we like, reasons we like the Cowboys and their offense, like Mike Nolan is a legitimate problem, and they don't have a lot of healthy defenders. But I do think that they're gonna be able to keep this with like kind of within a touchdown. Um, and be able to be able to score themselves. Just the uh, believing in the offense is going to be able to score. I, I think here. we could see a very similar <laughs> New England Seattle style game play out, mm-hmm. except for Dallas. I, I think that unlike, um, I think that unlike the Patriots, the Cowboys will just be able to score much faster, right? Because they're not going to be relying on those, uh, you know, like in Keel Harry targets. Like those 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 in Keel Harry targets are going to have you know an average <laughs> depth. Like that's going to be Lamb with an eight dot of twelve instead of Harry with an eight dot of five I mean I I had the Cowboys here as well they were my number four bet and it's literally only because of the number like I don't think I would yeah. actually bet the Cowboys money line and I think that if this was no. yeah if this was three and a half I would actually say Seattle so I literally I just think that I, five just just like right off the bat I was like that seems like a point too much probably yeah, and it's because they haven't played well, and you know they were down. They've been chasing points in both weeks, so I mean, I think that's why you see that. But I just think it's too too large, um, and we know that that game's probably it still has probably a shot to get over. I don't know if it's going to get to a point where we can really confidently bet it, but I still feel good about all the points they're going to be scoring in that game. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think that I think that's obviously going to be the big DFS uh, game of the week. Mm-hmm. So you know, and and so obviously we're going to be rooting for it to be over. And that's actually kind of one of those spots where, like, well, I'm already going to benefit so much if this goes over in all likelihood that I'm probably not going to bet the over here. My number five selection, I gotta say, this would have been like my number two selection, except for the books are telling me. Or, or at least it seems like the books are telling me they're they're actually confident in the Vikings because this the Tennessee Titans opened as one and a half point favorites on Sunday night against the Vikings and I was like oh by Sunday that's going to be four like that's gonna that's gonna cross the key number of three and it all week all week it has not only has Tennessee not moved past minus two and a half but the total keeps climbing up 
and and that's mm-hmm. with people betting the over and i don't think that favors the titans at all i think that what you want to see if you're betting the titans is the vikings just not able to score any points on offense so i i do i i have the titans here at minus two and a half as my number five i think that Tannehill is playing better than cousins i think that the titans are better at their version of you know no fun football than the vikings are like they seem to have a clearer concept and they they use that they use the play action so successfully like the the plays that they design i mean Tannehill just gets these layup throws three times a game where he throws to someone who literally is not covered and for whatever the reason the vikings are not able to do that for Kirk Cousins and you know Irv Smith Kyle Rudolph whoever uh so so where 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 are you at on this game yeah i mean i can't this game total is really head scratching 49 and a half i mean it's it's really i've really had a hard time like coming to grips with it just because both teams inherently also will play slow and it's just like for a pace standpoint and we did this last week with the colts game and the vikings game which the total kept climbing remember it kept it got bet up right away i'm trying to think i can't remember what it opened as but it got bet up right away and went way up to like 48 49 and you know, me, I was on with Joe Hochul and he was talking about, yeah, well, the, the, this game still has major pace concerns. Like both teams, both these teams want to run the ball and play slow. And I think that we're in a similar spot here as well. So, I mean, I, I'm probably going to be a sucker. I'll probably honey pot the under here and see like if I, you know, get, get my hand cut, caught in the jar, but uh, man, I, I just can't believe it. This total is so high because the Vikings have run fewer than 50 plays in both games. They're just a, I mean, they just have nobody healthy on defense either. You know, they're just not going to have Daniel Hunter. They lost Anthony Barr. They've just been so bad, and they're so banged up. Um, but I will say, as it leads into the next game that I'm going to pick, is that the one trend I've always followed, though, in week three is that, like, so historically, like, 0-2 teams are just, like, supremely undervalued. Yeah. Um, and if you go back the past decade, an 0-2, 0-2 teams facing a non-0-2 opponent, because uh, sometimes you have these teams – play heads up like the Bengals and Eagles are um, yeah they're those teams are 40 19 and one the past decade against the spread and if you would have just bet those teams blindly every year you would have had nine winning seasons to one over the past decade it's and it's not like they're splitting like three games to four four games to three like last year six games to three six to one six to one four to two six to two like it's like the, it's heavily in my theory, my working theory around this has always been that there are very few actual elite NFL teams and very few actually awful NFL teams. Mostly everyone's in the middle. Mostly and everyone's typically, in the middle. And, yeah. and typically, like, you just, like, ran into ass end of variance to start the year or, like, something, you know, to be 0-2. Um, and we've seen it already happen. The Dolphins last week, or last night hit. Uh, you know, they, they, they uh, were dogs and won. Uh, so we've got, what, Atlanta, Carolina, Detroit, Minnesota, the Giants – Denver, Houston, and the Jets all in the same bucket this year. Um, it all like if you want to just blind bet, like those like those teams may not be intriguing enough to say like because they've been awful for two weeks. But those that spot has historically been like a cash a cash grab, uh, and has come through and it's just routinely turned out like positive seasons. Uh, it's hard to like systematically bet and follow those trends because they don't really tell us anything about the actual games we play now. But I do think that the working theory is just that like most of these teams are all in the middle and they some of these teams are going to swing back in the positive variance here and my next one is going to be a team that is 0-2 all right well who are we who's your number four who are we betting on my, that's 0-2? my number four is uh the detroit lions um and it's kind of similar theory of like just the cowboys the number's too big i mean if you look at this too like arizona was you know they were shorter dogs last week against washington 
you know, so we're saying that Detroit is already worse than Washington, uh, just blind, blindly telling us they're saying Detroit is worse. Uh, also, don't believe in the Arizona defense uh, being as good as it's been to start. You know, they faced a Jimmy Garoppolo, a wide receiverless Jimmy Garoppolo in week one. Kill gets hurt. They Dwayne Haskins in week two. I don't believe that defense has really turned the corner. Kenny Galladay back for Stafford. If you look at his just um, – his deep target rate has been cut in half without Kenny Galladay. So I think Stafford bounces back. Um, I don't think that they win. They'll, they'll, they'll probably blow it at the end of the game like Matt Patricia always does. Uh, but five and a half is, is just too large. I definitely think that uh, this is a game that they might even lead at, at some point <laughs> before blowing. Uh, so I'm just going to take the Lions and those points. I think it's just too many points. Uh, it is too many points. I don't. I didn't want to be on the record with this one because I don't. I don't want to pick. I don't want to pick against Kyler. But yeah, I mean the right line here is like four, four and a half maybe. I mean I could. I could even see this being a three. I mean yeah, just no. Like Kyler's been great. He's he's looked phenomenal. But like, I mean this, the Lions are like a real NFL team. They have real NFL players. Galladay is back this week, you know, like, like the, like I have no concerns that the lions offense will be able to score points and stay competitive. Like I, I think that Kyler and the Cardinals offense is going to be super effective against this lion's defense, but yeah. I don't, I don't really, I don't really see much uh, resistance coming from the Cardinals defense at all. So this one was, uh, this one was not uh, in my list because I don't want to be on it either way, but I do feel, I do feel, uh, I feel I so if I had to bet aside, I would bet yours, but I'm also just not betting against Kyler because I would rather them go 12 and four and him win MVP with like which by the way with Mahomes starting slow and Lamar not putting up video game stats like I like Kyler's tickets are drawing way more live than they should have been I think. It's interesting because I think the passing starts to improve, and you know this is a good spot for it to improve. But yeah. all of last year, too, I mean, if you look, he was, you know, he was below guys like Gardner Minshew last year in passing efficiency. And so far this year, the passing efficiency has still been at the bottom of the league. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's a good spot for it to come back. I mean, he's really relied on his legs the, the, to open the season. But uh, we, I think we all believe he's capable. Um, I just – his surrounding receiving unit still needs a lot of work, man. I mean, good thing they added Hopkins because, uh, I mean, Christian Kirkman well, what, looks what, like a unit, man. <laughs> what, do you, what do you make of this take? they should play Isabella over Kirk because it seems like Kirk just isn't it. And Isabella, at least while being out there at the very least, just, you know, for sure he can run nine routes faster than anyone else. Like at like say nothing else. He can clear out that nine route better than anyone else on their team. I think what happened with Kirk is that, you know, he was in the Hopkins role last year and I think he's a little more suited for that role and played hurt, but I don't think he's like a – he never, I never thought of him as like a field stretcher coming out as a prospect, and that's kind of the role he's been forced into with Fitz yeah. and Hopkins on the field. And I don't feel like that's really his strength. So they've got kind of this overlap of guys that like work like 10 yards and in, and then Isabella's their only guy to like go vertical. So it makes sense to, to use – to kind of swap their roles a little bit. Um, but I would like to see, yeah, kind of – I just don't think Kirk is really that – is built to be like that type of guy. And um, we've kind of seen it already kind of play out for two weeks. No, I think that, um, you know, I think that the best version of what Kirk, Kirk should kind of be like Tyler Lockett for Seattle, where they, they do him in the field stretching stuff on maybe, you know, 20% of his routes, but then he also is doing a ton of, even kind of like the DJ Moore stuff where he is, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's actually the underneath guy. He gets the bubble screens and stuff like that. And that's never going to happen with Hopkins there because that's what Hopkins is like the best at that. So it's just, it's just not there mm -hmm. for him. All right. My next pick, Nick Mullins, 
CJ Beathard, who cares? I don't care. The New York football giants are not good. I'm taking the, uh, the goon squad, the backup San Francisco 49ers at the New York giants. And I'm taking the three and a half points. Basically just, I, I also think that I know we just kind of talked about, you know, teams not being awful and c- coming back to the middle. Here's the thing. Joe judge and Jason Garrett might be the two least qualified guys to be a head coach in call plays in the NFL. Like, the Giants are just – they're just terrible. They're, they are just terrible. So, I, I'm, I'm here with the 40 – and I, by the way, even think that the 49ers are just like an average team right now, especially with all these injuries, but I, I don't care. They're just a better coach and a better uh, – they're just so much better at executing their stuff than the Giants are. And we've seen that kind of happen as, you know, last week when people were trying to talk themselves into the Jets. Into the Jets. I think we talked about that, too, at some point, like, you know, how the Jets were kind of drawing some – action you know at seven and they were just so bad they can't it doesn't matter I mean if the Giants can't cover here like when will they ever cover like right like this is the only like this has to be their only like spot like you have no Nick Mullins you've got the offensive line is still banged up there's no the defensive line is banged up the secondary is banged up like if they can't cover here I mean, you can never bet the Giants. <laughs> I know you're granted you probably don't want to. So, <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, I I'm com- I'm very fine with just I'm very yeah. fine with just uh, you know the, those guys not being parts of my ticket at all. <laughs> like, I just I'm not interested. I don't want it. Yeah, that game. I think that game. That's uh, you know, I'm gonna relegate that game to what is the old phrase? The corner, the corner TV game. The corner TV. Uh, yeah. Yeah, like, that game. I kind of don't even want to look at a play in that game, um, at any level. It's gonna be it's gonna be gross. Yeah, no, we, uh, we, we, we don't want that. So I, I mean, I just like, I, I'm just going to assume that that bet is going to win and I'll come back in and check on it later. If it's not like if, if somehow the giants are like, if, if the giants are ahead in the third quarter, then I'll turn it on, then I'll watch, but I've just been going to chalk this one up as like, I would actually have to run bad for this to, uh, to not pan out. So that's my, that's my number three. What is your number three? Uh, my number three is uh, the Chiefs, and uh, I just got them kind of in the middle just because I, I believe in the Ravens a lot too as well. I mean, especially under Harbaugh, they are 14-1 and one in home time prime home primetime games. Uh, we kind of seen like that, something like Seattle's always like stuck with too, and we've seen that play out in their favor again last week. Um, but like really it just comes down to like if, if I'm going to get points with Patrick Mahomes, I'm just going to blindly take them uh, and, you know, kind of just see where it is. If I lose, I lose, but I'm just going to take the points. He's only been an underdog six times. Uh, he's 5-0-1 against the spread as an underdog. They've outright won four of those games. Um, Listen, I love Lamar. We talk about the Chiefs and Ravens every week uh, on this show because we're we're both believers in those teams and from an organizational stance down to the quarterbacks. Um, But I'm just going to blindly take points with Patrick Mahomes and just I'm going to take my chances. Yeah, I mean, I I am with this one. I'm with this one as well. And it's really just as simple as if you just let me for the rest of my life place like a 10 unit wager on Mahomes every time he was an underdog or giving more than a field goal I would like I would feel virtually guaranteed that that was going to be a profitable decision that like he just like because he's so great and Andy Reid is such a great play caller and it's like such a perfect marriage that it will that will just end up being a positive spot to be in and I know Lamar's great I know Harbaugh's great but you're still getting the hook. That's the key. Like it's yeah. not even the three, it's the three and a half. That is the swing point. Um, for me, like you still can get that hook and maybe on Monday you won't, but it comes to Monday, you won't be able to get it. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, it's interesting too because Mahomes has not started out in a Mahomes like fashion. We kind of were talking a little bit before the show just about how you know Gus Bradley's given him fits, and he started the year out. He's what twenty seventh in yards per pass attempt in the NFL to start the year. I mean, I think we all expect that there would be some recoil on that. The Ravens' defense has been awesome, especially since they acquired Marcus Peters a year ago. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm just gonna take the points here blindly. Like that's the end of the analysis. Patrick Mahomes with points. Patrick Mahomes with the points, just uh, and and by the way, sometimes like bets can be that simple, right? Like it doesn't have like, you know, like it, you, your reasoning doesn't have to be anything more than like, yeah, this just this is intuitively like I would rather just have Patrick Mahomes and the points. My my next one, I got it. Okay, what do you think the line for Patriots Raiders in New England last year would have been? Oh man, it would have been like. Eight? I, at least it would have been, I was gonna say I was gonna say nine and a half. So, <laughs> but I mean the Raiders are coming off that primetime juice. You know they they won on primetime. They beat a good team. You know yeah. which they have which we talked about on the show because we both picked the Saints and um, last week on the show because the Raiders had only that was only their second win against the winning team uh, since John Gruden's been back. So I mean it's you know they won on primetime. It's a good team, so it's sticking in people's minds. That's why it's only six. And uh, the Patriots lost in primetime. Yeah, so, so you've got those two things working. And and my analysis is like this is a very similar Patriots team to last year, like worse on worse on defense for sure than they were last year, but they're better at quarterback. Like I I actually looked this up the last time Tom Brady threw for over 350 yards, what, do you do you have a guess as to when it was? 350? Yeah. Oh man, it's had to be like 2017. 2016 he had he had a, I think he had like a 317 yard game in 2017 but yeah over 350 was 2016 how and, was Brady the the PFF second graded I mean listen I'm not one of these people that just goes crazy on PFF grades and stuff like how was he the second greatest quarterback of week two when you throw for six yards for pass attempt against the Carolina Panthers like I don't I don't know how you get there no matter how many good plays the Bucks left on the field like how is that even remotely possible that 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 came out to fruition and he had, uh, just by the way, in that game, just one of the worst underthrows I've ever oh, yeah. seen from a professional quarterback, the Justin Watkins, uh, or the Justin Watkins, the Justin Watson. Um, well, it was like a flea flicker where Fred yeah. pitched it back to him. And I mean, he was like, it was like a game of 500 where he was like down the field waving his arms, just like wide open. And <laughs> there, there was like, Brady just couldn't get it there. It was terrible. Yeah, but I, I have the New England Patriots here. Uh, minus five and a half as my, uh, you know, sort of my my favorite, uh, my second favorite play of the week. They were I mean, my one, so. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're just, they are so much better of a team than the Raiders are. And this new style that they play where the best thing about Cam Newton signing for the Patriots is it just means Sony Michelle gets the ball so much less like Sony Michelle <laughs> touching the ball less is actually like the biggest jump and expected points you could find for a professional football team. Like Sony Michelle is uh, what, what is it? There's probably two, uh, 32 times three. There's at least 96 running backs in the NFL. Some teams carry more and then practice squad guys. I would assume Michelle is like 90th or so in like true talent level at this point, his knees have just so, betrayed him and uh yeah i mean like that that's just absolutely massive for them i i think it is absolutely i mean listen the, and the way that the style of play now that they have adopted under cam newton actually makes their bad receivers better 
unlike you did for Brady, where you're playing a traditional drop-back offense where those guys have to get open and only one of those guys can regularly get open, and it's Julian Edelman. But now because, you know, Cam is running, they're running so much play action, they're sucking defense up for the run, he's able to, you know, you're able to see seven catch games for Demir Bird. You're able to, you know, see Edelman have the most receiving yards he's ever had in his career. Um, then Kill Harry thing is still kind of a one foot in, one foot out for me. Um, I mean, I would just love to see – any type of real targets to that to that kid uh, than what he's getting right now, but but Cam makes Brady when they, the way they tried to play offense last year, those guys it really shows up the fact that those guys can get open. Whereas it's not a big deal because now they can get open inherently because the defense is leaving you know holes because they have to account for Cam Newton. Yeah, I mean, and Keel Harry can't get open, dude. Like in <laughs> Keel Harry, in Keel Harry is with the um, he like the Cam Newton and Keel Harry thing was like and this was I actually drafted a lot of in Keel Harry I actually liked him so I'm not really surprised to see this and I'm not take I'm trying to not take any victory laps the day after LaVisca Chanel died in front of all of us but the <laughs> the idea that in Keel Harry was like the stylistic heir to Kelvin Benjamin and Greg Olson is proving to be true where he is he just runs these really shallow routes and Cam throws it to where only he can get it and then he gets tackled immediately. Like that's what Nkeel Harry is doing right now. And uh, it's, it's going to work out. Like, I think he's going to, he's going to catch a lot of passes for not a lot of yards, which is, you know, not great, but it's also not terrible. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm with you. And then you look at this Raiders, we still have to see today. We're we're recording this on Friday morning. Uh, Just who practices for the Raiders. I mean, uh, Josh Jacobs hasn't practiced all week. Uh, Waller hasn't practiced all week. That's their only two players on offense. And although that New England gave up, they gave up four touchdowns to the wide receivers last week. They gave up four touchdowns to the wide receivers all of last year. It's still a complete mismatch when you overlap the Patriots secondary to the Raiders wide receiving unit. It's not even, it's not even close. Like they are not giving up four touchdowns to this Raiders unit outfit. Say Jones isn't catching a touchdown on the Patriots. Uh, no, no, he is not. <laughs> um, all right. So that was, that was uh, my number two. So what, and, and your number one. So I, I have a feeling that my number one is actually probably not on your card, but so what is your, what is your number two? Uh, this is not, the Patriots are my two. My number one is uh, an 0-2 team. Uh, so full level confidence here, but it's the Eagles, man. Uh, okay. but I just, I just don't believe that the Eagles uh, are one as bad as they've been the first two weeks in totality. And then two, the Bengals are, are still like, I believe a, a complete bottom five roster in totality uh, in the NFL. So on the road, uh, I'm going to get, I'm going to take Doug Peterson versus Zach Taylor. Uh, the Bengals have lost 14 straight games uh, on the road as a franchise. It's a long stack to streak in the league. Uh, as exciting as Joe Burrow's game was last week for fantasy purposes, he's been really bad from like a real life NFL stance, uh, you know, from an efficiency stance and for an offensive stance, uh, 5.4 yards per attempt in week one, 5.2 yards per attempt in week two. Uh, AJ Green can get erased. Darius Slay's played really well the first two weeks. He's shut down two guys uh, to open the season, Terry McLaurin and Robert Woods. Uh, I don't think that AJ Green's going to be able to break the cipher of, you know, the empty hollow target volume that he's been getting the first two weeks against Casey Hayward and Denzel Ward. I think it's a third straight game of that. Um, and I just don't think that they're going to be able to, st- to run on the Eagles front either with Joe Mixon. So it's like kind of like a third straight game where Mixon runs into like heavy back, uh, you know, heavy, you know, good defensive fronts. I just don't think that there's going to be a scenario here where the, the, the Bengals really score a lot of points. Uh, and I do think the Eagles actually can score points on the Cincinnati defense, especially if Miles Sanders back. Um, we kind of were joking because we, 
we did that big main event team and you and I were kind of split. We want to take Miles Sanders in the first round and Thorman and Evan wanted to take Derrick Henry and the swaying vote was that, you know, Sanders was hurt. So we would take the healthy guy. And I, I already kind of regret it one weekend of seeing Miles Sanders play. Uh, he even lost a fumble and, you know, had 23 of 30 backfield. And, uh, yeah. But he lo- <laughs> like, it's, I, I actually think the best thing that could have happened to Sanders, the bell cow was losing opening week to the Washington football team with Boston Scott and Corey Clement, uh, Corey Clement, just yeah. like being like non NFL stuff players. That's like true. they were so bad. Um, yeah. I mean that I I'm with you on it. This one was not one of my top five most confident because. Well, you will never bet on Carson Wentz. I feel like you're just yeah, a guy. It's like, I, I'm, I'm, I am not a Carson <laughs> Wentz guy. Like I just, I, 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 I think Carson Wentz is like a very fine NFL quarterback, but what's weird about Wentz is he does have these great moments, right? Where you're like, wow, like literally Wentz, Mahomes, and like Josh Allen are the only ones who can make some of these throws, but then he will just miss these layups. And you're like, dude, what? Like, it feels like um, Carson Wentz is kind of like a pitcher who gets the yips. That, that, is, that is actually probably my best analogy. But in this game, it probably doesn't even matter. Like Cincinnati, the de- Cincinnati's defense is like a, a problem. They're terrible. Yeah, they're not going to have Geno Atkins and Mike Daniels again. We've seen with those two guys out in the first two weeks, they've just gotten run all over both games. Uh, so, I mean, hence Miles Sanders, you know, being kind of – I feel like it's a game, yeah, where they can kind of hide once a little bit. I feel like he's not going to have to go really above and beyond. I think you nailed it, though. Like, he's a fine quarterback. Like, he doesn't – like, Wentz doesn't, like, elevate, like, ancillary players. And I feel like that's the hallmark of a gr- real good quarterback or even when a quarterback's running hot is they turn average NFL players into, like, dudes you want to play or, like, dude, you know, in fantasy or, like, dudes there – that are productive and like once really isn't done that like you know he's not he hasn't been able to elevate you know jj or thega whiteside or greg ward or like any of these other guys where we've seen over the course of careers like you know peyton manning's making brandon stokely good or aaron Rodgers is making jared boykin good and uh you know the, you go down the lines of mahomes making demarcus robinson look good <laughs> you know uh, you know we don't we don't have that with Carson Wentz. And I feel like that's the differentiator for me. Like when you, my eyeball test and my very novice de- creating quarterback senses, if you can't elevate like ancillary talents in the NFL, like you probably don't have the actual it. So my number one, I'm picking a bad quarterback on the road in the harshest game environment in the national football league. I'm picking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers five and a half points against the Denver Broncos. And let me tell you why this we get, this always happens when a backup quarterback comes in and then looks okay in the stint of while they're there. It's like, this line should be seven. Like it, it should be the Buccaneers by seven points. And I actually think that the Buccaneers team is actually structured in such a way like they've already realized that Brady doesn't have it and I don't actually think it matters and I think that they will just be it'll just be a bunch of short passes they'll run a bunch and the Buccaneers defense actually looks great through two weeks like they they looked decent against the Saints but they looked really good last week against the Panthers and I know like big big road favorite is like the number one like uh you know guys on Twitter with like 2,000 followers who post their record in their bio or like you're an idiot this will like this is a terrible play look at the trends but I mean the the Broncos don't do anything that impressed me I think their coaches are bad I think Driscoll is horrible. I think their defense is actually very overrated. Like people kind of get this idea in their head of what their defense is. And it's like a top 10 DVOA defense, but not like a top two DVOA defense sort of in, in the way that I'm thinking of them. 
So we're, we're taking old man Tom with no arm in, uh, in the mile high. Yeah, I don't, I don't hate that at any level. Uh, definitely is one I would look at, too. It looks like it's actually trending towards Denver, too. Like, uh, they've got, it's come down a little bit. Um, so, you, you know, if you're going to bet on that one, you know, you, it might actually end up being in your favor, you know, when you come on Sunday, Sunday morning. But, yeah, I mean, Denver's just too banged up. I mean, they had, what, two offensive linemen opt out before the season. You lose Vaughn Miller. Bradley Chubb's still not 100%. You lose A.J. Boye. Uh, you lose Philip Lindsay. You lose your quarterback, Drew Locke. You lose Cortland Sutton. I mean – uh, it's, it's just a lot to overcome. And we've seen this happen to a couple of teams so far to start the year. The 49ers and Jets are in that boat too. Just a lot to overcome. I think you're, you're right about the Bucks just kind of realizing that I think we started to see it last week. Uh, you just, yeah, Brady is not going to like just magically turn back into like the entity he was, you know, four years ago. And they're gonna be able to just wing it all around the yard. Like the Bruce Arian style of play is like I said, six yards for passing against the Panthers. Like that's not going to cut it, man. That's not, that's not what we want. Uh, but they have the enough running backs that are viable in the backfield, just hand off a lot. And I think that's what they did towards the end of that game. Um, yeah. So I like that. I will say this about Denver, man. Like they've got to start throwing the ball to Noah Fant more. Like <laughs> he's such a baller, dude. Anytime, anytime the ball goes in his direction, it's a play. If you watch two weeks of the Denver Broncos, anytime the ball goes in fans direction, it's like a legit, like it's either a highlight play or he's turning yards after the catch. But the dude has five and six targets. Like, come on, man. Like start throwing this dude's ball, generate your offense. Offense should go through to him. Yeah. I mean, I think that with Sutton out, like my, my, supposition now is that Fant is going to lead them in targets the rest of the way. But I actually think it might be kind of frustrating the way it was kind of frustrating with Sutton last year. We're like, yeah, he would see six to nine targets every single week, but he would never have like the 13 target week. Right. right. And my get like, they, I don't know if, I don't know if it's like an organizational thing or what, but it, it feels like they go like too egalitarian with that approach to the point of where it's like actually counterproductive. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things is he's just looked incredible anytime that a, a target's gone in his direction through two weeks, uh, but they keep not going to him. Yeah. So uh, betting betting on Tom Brady in, in mile high, like whatever. I just I, – I, I think that sort of my thing is I'm just treating these games like neutral field games because I, I think that the biggest advantage is with home teams is the referee stuff, and that, that referee stuff I think is just not going to happen without – without the fans there. They're so not calling penalties, taking, like we said. They're not even calling penalties, so. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're taking Brady. Not feeling great about it. You never want to be, you never want to be rooting for Tom Brady, but uh, no, also, by the way, <laughs> don't, don't really want to be rooting for Bruce Arians either. I'm like, I'm like very over this guy. I, I've, I've actually swung around on Brady, like my early, like early career Brady, like take, uh, you know, was that he was, you know, uh, like kind of just like a red ass. So I, I kind of think he's like uh, NFL, like Dexter. He's just like very meek and like, not like, he's like kind of socially awkward. Uh, and I think that that was like my opinion changed over the years with Brady is he just, he's just like, not like, he's not like one of the guys guys and like, doesn't, so he like tries a little harder. It comes off sometimes uh, being kind of like weird and corny, weird. but uh, uh, I feel like it's the opposite about Rogers, you know, like Rogers is like that pretty prototypical, like dude that was like a quarterback his whole life. And like, was elevated like in social standards standards and like 100%. He's lived, and he's lived that his life like that his whole life but like I feel like I thought like you would think like that about Brady like early in his career but then I, like I've changed and like I actually 
Brady the person is I'm totally cool with. Uh, I, I don't find myself rooting against him like I do sometimes for Rodgers, like root against Rodgers. Well, oh, I actively root against Rodgers. Like, Brady, it's sort of more like a passive thing, but, like, I hate when good stuff happens to Aaron Rodgers. Like, that, that opening, that, 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 week, that week one game against the Vikings, like, I was like, this is so stupid. And the other thing that makes me hate Rodgers even more is that – Everyone with like a working brain is able to understand that he's not as good as he once was. I mean, I used to say Aaron Rodgers was the best quarterback, not only in the NFL right now, but like he was the best, like that, that peak Aaron Rodgers, like 2014, 15, 16 was like the best anyone has ever played the position. And he just clearly is not that guy anymore, but people just want to hang on to it. And I I hope that I don't do that with Mahomes, by the way, like when Mahomes transitions from being like, (laughs) you know, peak like Zeus throwing lightning bolts Mahomes to like just a really good <laughs> NFL quarterback. Like I really hope I'm not still just like he's the best ever. And if you disagree, you don't know anything about football. Like I really I, I'm projecting that out for myself in the future and hoping I don't go that route. Yeah, I mean, listen, Father Time's undefeated. We're seeing it. You know, Brady has been there for a couple of years, and you know, Breeze is looks like it's it's happening with with him uh, this year as well. It just happens, man. Everyone, everyone, everyone falls victim. Yeah. All right, man. Tell people about, uh, tell people about the podcast, tell people about everything you guys have going on over at sharp football. Uh, yeah. Sharp analysis.com. You can find the worksheet, all the betting content we've got there. Do podcasts called pre-stamp motion with Chad Scott. I do a podcast uh, called sharp angles with Cleve TA and Dan Pazuda. That's more of like a real football based uh, podcast, but we, we, we chop it up. We do lots of betting and stuff in there too. Um, yeah, that's really it though. Same drill. Uh, hopefully we we're nailing these picks or everyone's having a strong week three. Um, that's all. That's all, man. Yeah. Let's just, uh, let's hope that we don't get, uh, like mega super, uh, backdoored the way that, uh, the way that happened to me with LaVisca Chenault on Thursday night. So everyone, good luck this week. Let's, uh, let's get after it. Good luck. And, uh, we'll be back next week. Build digital first customer relationships with Salesforce Digital 360. Connect every marketing, commerce, and digital experience on a single platform. Innovate fast with easy to launch sites, campaigns, and apps. That's more relationships, more revenue, more return, and more success. Salesforce Digital 360. Hear from our customers at sfdc.co slash digital 360.